Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. All right, I think we'll get started. Hi, everyone. This is the last week in Mortgage Today. I'm Faith Howard Mooney, the VP of Member Engagement at the Mortgage Collaborative. And you are in the right place. Rich Swarbinski found himself in a spot where he was slightly overbooked while at the MBA. And so I am filling in for him today, and we are super lucky to have with us Jamie Frederis, who is the SVP and Director of Residential Lending at Bar Harbor Bank. Thanks for doing this, Jamie. Do you want to share a little bit My pleasure. about who you are and your, uh, the, your company that you work for? Sure, sure. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, as Faith indicated, my name is Jamie Frederis, and uh, I'm with Bar Harbor Bank and Trust. Bar Harbor Bank and Trust is uh, based in Bar Harbor, Maine. Uh, we currently, as a depository institution and, and mortgage lender, we operate in primarily in our footprint of three different states, which is Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont. And uh, we're, we have about 52 residential branch locations, uh, wealth management uh, division, as well as a pretty, pretty significant commercial lender. Um, and we, we do pretty close between 350 to 400 million a year uh, in mortgage residential loans. Fantastic. Fantastic. And I've been a, and I've been a member of TMC since uh, 2019. 2019 and been a very active member, someone that we depend upon from time to time. So we appreciate that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Faith talking about today, why don't you share where you are and some of the things that are going on in your week this week and last week? Perfect. I will for sure. So we are in San Diego at the MBA annual convention, which um, I think the final registration list had like 3,500 people um, on it, but definitely there are more people here in the city from the mortgage industry. Um, super exciting time yesterday morning um, opened up with probably the biggest room for an opening session of the MBA that I've seen. Of course, there hasn't been an MBA for the last two years. Um, and it was completely chock full with um, people wanting to hear the newly um, inducted MBA chairman, Christy Furco, who of course is um, an executive at Wells Fargo, but the new MBA chairman. And so she had some really exciting things to say. I'd actually say I was really, really impressed um, with her. And um, she kind of shared her story of who she is and how she got to where she was and then rolled out what she considers her two initiatives. So only two things that she really sees as what her focus is. Um, And those two things were improving minority homeownership. I think not a surprise there. And actually would love before I go any further to just share anybody who has any feedback or, or who may be here and be on the line too, would kind of love to hear your thoughts about what you've heard so far um, coming out of this, but improving minority home ownership and then um, increasing the uh, diversity in our workforce, very specific um, to, you know, overall, but mortgage industry specific. And um, she went on to comment that number one, it's the right thing to do, but there's also an actual, which this is something that was, I guess, kind of surprising to me. Um, there's actually a need to do it as well. 
um, she mentioned that the percent of the population that is white actually decreased last year for the very first time ever. Um, so like uh, some of you on the call, you know, are used to dealing with, you know, CRA requirements and, and all of those things, she um, talked for a while about your workforce should actually resemble, you know, the marketplace that you're in as well. It's not just the loans that you do in the marketplace you're in, but your workforce should actually represent your marketplace as well. So those were um, the two initiative or the two things that she shared that she was going to be focused on for this year. And then they also rolled out a new initiative while there. Um, it is called the Home for All Action Pledge. And the interest, um, what the MBA would like everyone to do is commit to signing the pledge. There was um, great emphasis put on the word action um, in the name of the pledge, because the expectation is not only would you sign the pledge, but then work towards um, meeting some of the things in the pledge that you would commit to. So the MBA has committed to, if you sign the pledge, they will work with you to improve your company goals related to um, improving minority home ownership, as well as um, diversifying your own workforce. So they'll work for, with you to put an action plan in place and I'm sure check back in with you to see how you are working towards those goals throughout the year. So yeah, kind of interested in your feedback, Jamie, on you know what you think about that thought process and and that well, I, pledge. Program. Yeah, I was I was fascinated to hear that. I, I I don't I'm pretty sure I couldn't be any further away than San Diego, uh, being out here in uh, Bar Harbor, Maine, right here. But it's uh, a lot of information coming. But you know, I think that's consistent from what we're hearing from the Biden administration regarding initiatives with FHFA uh, as it relates to affordable lending and making sure that there are initiatives, programs, products, and direction with the FHFA and, and their GSEs to support and promote uh, affordable lending, especially in diverse markets and diverse groups. So it sounds like the MBA is aligning with the uh, Biden administration's uh, initiatives as well. Yep. It, it definitely had that uh, feel and flavor as to a lot of the other sessions that are here are mm -hmm. kind of focused on um, very similar um, topics. <laughs> need to be the two topics that are, are, are being most talked about here. Was there any discussion around what support would look like or resources would look like? Um, not a lot. So she introduced this concept or this pledge in um, the keynote speaker session. So I'm sure there will be more to follow, um, but also did give out, there is definitely, I haven't had a chance to look at it this morning, but if you go to mba.org and then um, type in a backslash and home for all, it apparently spells out more of the details. She did mention that they would have staff actively working with lender members on their um, mutually formed goals. Um, and the reason why the word action was in there is the plan was to not just talk about it because mm -hmm. many things have been talked about in the past, but actually come away with it with some actual takeaways and things that could be implemented. That's great. That's great. Having um, 
you know, as, as a depository institution, you know, and all those on the line who are with depository institutions, we know that CRA requirements and uh, the expectations from our regulators, uh, this is probably great news and, and great to distribute in, within our organizations to uh, the people who are in charge for CRA uh, goals and, uh, and, and such. So uh, I'm anxious, I, for one, am anxious to see more to come on this. Yeah, and I think that it's something that we definitely will be talking about within our working group. Um, I'm sure that will be something. And thanks, uh, Sarah Wood, for popping that in the chat. She popped the link in the chat for everybody mm-hmm. uh, so that you can go and and uh, look at further information related to that. Excellent. So yeah. So no. go ahead. <laughs> so, no, no. I think that's a, that's a, that's some great information coming out firsthand uh, from your, the attendance there. But uh, you know, I, I couldn't help but notice also this other information coming out. Uh, over the weekend during one of the presentation, MBA released some of the new projections for 2022, uh, which I'm, I'm sure uh, there were a lot of pens and pencils going, taking notes on this. And in fact, they've actually posted some of the, the uh, projections on uh, on the MBA website. But I think most notably, what I, what I took away from it, uh, despite a lot of the uh, projections and inflation and growth here, you know, for the, you know, for, for the purchase production expectations going into the, into uh, 2022, uh, MBA is expecting a 9% increase in uh, total capture opportunity and uh, purchase growth opportunity. I think that's probably the bright spot on overall loan production, uh, probably the more sobering uh, and probably more talked about uh, estimate and predict and prediction they, they, talked about was an overall 62% drop in the refinance opportunity going into 2022. You know, I, I don't think that caught anyone necessarily by surprise, but I think it's a very sobering to hear it. And actually someone put it into print because the fact of the matter is uh, as an industry, we've been enjoying quite an unexpected run uh, in total production as it relates to the, the, the refinance contribution to our overall production. And I think, as I've told a lot of people who've entered the business in my world, and uh, as being part of the MBA here in New Hampshire and the Board of Governors, uh, you know, what, you know, with that production running up, it will cycle and come back. So, you know, right out of the gate, and, and talking to some of my peer groups uh, in in uh, in New Hampshire and and uh, in my old state of New York. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of people taking a look at their models, taking a look at their P&Ls uh, and saying, hey, you know, what's it going to look like if we go up 9% in purchase and roughly 62% in refinance? What What is that world going to look like? So um, I, I think it's given us all some some heads up to say, hey, we, we, we've enjoyed a good run. We've got to start taking a look at what our models, uh, our, our P&Ls and our production will look like going into 2022. Those of us who've been in the business for quite some time, you know, we're used to the cycles, but it's it's never fun hearing it and having to, to live it. So was, was there any additional discussion around that? Um, there wasn't. There was some conversation, though, that I heard um, last night related to that. And um, I think it's really hard for people to grasp their head around the 62% decrease in refinance volume, because that just seems like, even though we've enjoyed the fruits of all of that lately, that that just seems like such a huge 
um, number, but, you know, depending on where rates go, which we've seen them go up a little bit Mm -hmm. uh, in the last week or so, um, that was kind of the conversation that it also seems like not everybody is working off of the same projections. So there seem to be some people that are estimating a little bit different number than that. Mm-hmm. Um, than what the MBA has. And I actually heard someone say last night that I think that the MBA places, not my opinion, but what I heard in a conversation, the MBA placed a number out there that people will feel comfortable being mm-hmm. able to hit and feel successful in their position. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was also some additional conversation amongst that group about the those of us that have been in forever. We've seen these cycles. We've lived through... a. I know I've lived through a number of them at this point. We've seen those cycles come and go, but there's been a lot of chatter about it's coming, it's coming, and then it's never come. So the newer people in the industry, you know, how are we going to prep them to kind of understand what this cycle could look like? So those were some of the conversations that I heard. And I think at the leadership level, we've got to take a look also. I mean, what we've seen over the last 18 months, we saw a a huge run up in in margin opportunity with the increased business and refinances and purchases where, you know, I I saw some black knight um, uh, studies and data. You know, average margins for locks through the, through uh, Black Knight were averaging somewhere between the three and a half to four percent range for a period in uh, 2020. You know, with the decreased volume, we're going to see margin compression. Um, you know, it's going to be a challenge to uh, to to maintain some of the margins that we've been spoiled with over the last year and a half. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think we've all got to take a look at our service delivery. We've got to take a look at our business models, and we've got to take a look at the value propositions as leaders that our lenders are bringing to the client to capture more of that business that's available. As I told most of my team, we've got to just get a bigger piece of a smaller pie. Yeah. I had the opportunity yesterday too, after we had kind of talked earlier in the day, but I had the opportunity yesterday afternoon to walk the expo floor. And I'll Mm -hmm. tell you that one of the focuses, you know, it's kind of like not stated because I think everybody's kind of going there. Mm-hmm. that um, people have is the floor was filled with kind of not your normal traditional providers. And mm-hmm. they were there, of course, as well, but the huge number of technology firms, you know, in various aspects, whether it's bot creation or, um, you know, just a new spin on how to maximize your workflow without um, adding additional FTE into your process. Definitely. Mm-hmm seems to be a big focus of the expo hall floor. Lots of startup companies or companies that, you know, it's like, who are they? I didn't even know who they were, um, which is kind of unusual. I mean, used to kind of like trudging through the expo hall floor, seeing people that I've known for years. And there mm-hmm. definitely was a different flavor um, this year than what I've seen in the past. And so it kind of goes back to everything that we just talked about. People are looking for those solutions to, you know, how do we do this smarter, um, mm-hmm. faster without more people, um, all of those things that we've talked a lot about um, within our TMC calls and everything. But it was just, it's always interesting to just get a visual of that mm-hmm. and kind of see that um, in action. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I will echo that, you know, I'm not an MBA, but I have, I've noticed the email pickup of uh, the, uh, the meet and greet requests 
makes me wonder where my phone my phone number is posted. Uh, but uh, definitely a lot of opportunity, a lot of interesting tech out there. Um, and I, I think as leaders, we'll also be busy taking a look at those opportunities and and also collaborating and sharing what everyone's learning. Because I think there's there's uh, it could be overwhelming sometimes. Yeah, there's a lot of them out there, and just to like the time spent to filter through. Mm-hmm. Some of the new providers, there was a question in the chat, anyone that stuck out. I'd have to go back over my notes, but that was what was even funnier about it is I did take some notes while I was on the expo hall floor of just names of people um, that I kind of want to dig into further and kind of find out who they are just so our team kind of knows and understands who's out there um, potentially soliciting um, people from from the network. So I'll be anxious to see some of that information. Hey, as long as we're on numbers, I did want to drop in something that I um, that I noticed a couple of weeks ago and, and into last week, since we we're reflecting on last week. Um, you know, we, we talk about growth, we talk about numbers. One of the things that's been gaining some momentum out there, what do we know? We know that GSCs haven't formally announced their uh, their new uh, limits on what they'll purchase. We know it's right now it's hovering in the 548, uh, well, it's not hovering, it's exactly 548, 250 on a single family home in a non-super uh, conforming market. But um, I don't know if any of you have seen this, but there's been a number of posts from a not, a different organizations out there indicating that they are now accepting applications at the new GSC limits of 625 on a single family. When I first saw that, I was like, son of a gun, how did I miss that memo? Um, and I started digging through. And it, it, almost to the point, I actually called Freddie and I said, made sure I was still on the email list there. Uh, because like many people, I'm busy. I'm, you know, I, I won't be the first one to admit uh, I miss a memo some time at time. But digging into that, it's become apparent. There's a few articles on uh, Housing Wire and so uh, so on that a few a, a few correspondent uh, money providers, uh, Penny Mac and United Wholesale, as I'm sure there are others right now, have gotten out there taking a look at the projections where they feel that the GSCs are going to go with their uh, conforming announcements as we get into sometime in November and then you know the, the expectation of deliveries. They are kind of rolling the dice and gambling and saying, hey. I, I, we think it's going to be 625. And so we're, we're open for business and uh, we're willing to accept it. Now, the popular thing that we've seen, and I've been doing this 30 years, I've never seen it. We've also been seeing a lot of MI companies uh, get in behind this movement and uh, say, hey, I, you know, we think you guys are pretty close and we'll, we'll actually insure it. So, you know, I'd be interested in any feedback or commentary on there. Uh, that anyone may have on that or has actually made that direction move. But at least in the history I've been doing this, I've never seen a preemptive movement in this way to uh, to get ahead of that trend and, and, and maybe capture some volume prior to that move. Yeah, I noticed that actually just last week, I started to see that on LinkedIn, that a lot of people were advertising those limits. I kind of did. I'm further removed from it than you are. I kind of did the same thing that you did and said, oh, my gosh. How did I not know that that was already something that was implemented? Mm-hmm. Um, and so anybody that's on the call, you know, share with us, like, if you're seeing that from the people that you're working with. And also, um, I don't know how you feel about this, Jamie, but, you know, as a company, are you in a bank? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do you feel about going there before it's formalized? Well, you, you know, we are a bank and we, we are pretty prol- uh, prolific uh, portfolio lender. And, you know, so we'll put, you know, all types of deals on the portfolio in all different terms and, and loan amounts uh, up in the, you know, the uh, non-conforming space and, you know, non-warrantable condo space. 
So, you know, I'd be the first, it won't be the first one to admit it, but, uh, you know, it's something that we're looking at as well uh, because it creates an opportunity. You know, for us, uh, being a depository institution with, with a uh, portfolio lending appetite, you know, let's just say, you know, oops, we got the numbers wrong and, and we have some loans, you know, we're looking at it. Well, we've got an opportunity to get them insured if we do above 80% and the loans we probably would have put in the portfolio anyways in servicing our customer base. So we don't feel there's a lot of exposure there. Uh, but I do feel that, it, you know, for the right, for the right opportunities, it, it's a good opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So a comment in the chat that um, our position is that we'll wait for the GSC to raise conventional limits to ensure all loans are sellable. Yeah, that's the more traditional thing that we've always seen in the past. Um, the safe um, place to be but you know, if your bank, like you said, you have, you know, some slightly different opportunities to maybe handle that differently if those numbers don't come into play mm-hmm. down the road. Yeah. So it, I think I think it's a great opportunity, you know, and I guess, you know, one other thing that uh, was probably a, a fairly large announcement that we saw just recently out of, uh, I think, the last 24 to 48 hours, um, Sandra Thompson uh, had made an announcement that um, probably the, the last part of the process, at least in my opinion, one of the last pros- parts of, the, of our lending process that hasn't had a lot of overhaul is the home valuation uh, process. And uh, there was an announcement with not a lot of follow-up to it uh, as far as how, when, where, how, and why um, that, the, um, that the GSCs in the very near future will begin to accept uh, desktop appraisals as a norm. It, it, was a, it was a pandemic protocol overlay lift uh, for all the obvious and, and right reasons. To, uh, to limit exposure inside of people's homes during the highlight, uh, the high level of the pandemic. But I can, number one, speak for Northern New England, as I'm sure there are other areas across the United States where our appraisal industry is, is uh, a challenge, you know, and, and not an un, not very highly densely, densely uh, population density, excuse me. Um, we see challenges in appraisal turn times. So with that announcement and you know, eagerly looking for more to come on that, uh, we're hoping that we'll see a uh, appraisal turn time li- uh, lift that will only benefit our customers for you know, restructuring refinances and, and being able to meet some of the aggressive contract turnaround times that we're seeing in the marketplace right now. So that, uh, that was a, an announcement that I think it was met with a lot of fanfare. Even from San Diego all to Maine, we were celebrating that one. So we, we heard those screams across the United States. Yeah. And so interesting thing, I had a conversation um, with someone that I know that's in the appraisal space. I came from the appraisal space. That's the bulk of my background um, late yesterday, that there's some technology that's being implemented out there too from several of the appraisal firms where they are going to use cell phone technology to allow a homeowner to um, remote, essentially allow the appraiser to take over their phone. And it has some measurement, room measurement capabilities, as well as the ability to take photos um, and use those. So I thought that was kind of like an interesting thing that I would love to know more about as it um, develops to alleviate people in your exact situation where they don't actually have to visit the home um, to do the inspection. Instead, they take over the phone and it, apparently it's time stamped and date stamped. Um, so mm-hmm. they know when it's done um, to kind of uh, 
to kind of uh, alleviate some of the challenges with the timing of things that's happening right now. As much as I miss my uh, my Motorola uh, StarTech clamshell phone, you know, the, the, <laughs> the simplicity of it, uh, you know, the only thing I'll say in some of the areas that we serve out in my marketplace, some, we don't have cell coverage everywhere. So it'll be interesting to see uh, where some of this technology uh, develops. But, hey, there was one other thing that caught your attention that you shared with me that I thought would be interesting uh, regarding uh, some dialogue and and, and uh talk about uh women in home ownership yeah it was um it like i don't know i felt so sad about this when i read it because it's like such a huge segment Mm -hmm. um, of the industry but freddie did a study um that the result of that study is was i want to make sure i get this right 60 percent of female head of households feel like home ownership is completely out of reach for them and not just in the environment because they dug into it more, mm-hmm. not in the environment that we're in right now, where I think home ownership for a lot of people um, is difficult just because of housing supply, um, you know, and availability of homes, but indefinitely that they 60% of head of household females felt like they would never be able to own a home. And that yeah. to me was just a shocking um, number. Um, they attributed it to um, part of it was, you know, the housing and where housing is at right now, the availability of housing. Um, but the other big piece of it was the lack of, in the last couple of years, being able to build household wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just, they're reduced. <sighs> confidence in that, um, or the feeling that, that they would be kind of in that spot for a long period of time, that the ability to grow wealth for their household was a long-term issue. So I just thought that was such a crazy statistic and one that just seems kind of sad (laughs) that, uh, that's how female head of households are feeling. Um, right now in the environment that we're in. Yeah, you, that, you shared that with me and that caught me by surprise as well. And, you know, I, I kind of alluded to as we take a look at our models and we take a look at the fintech with our, you know, there's been a huge trend in our industry to, you know, to make things a lot simpler and to make things quicker, less human interaction. But, you know, as we take a look at some of the, you know, the uh, the initiatives, you know, with the Biden administration by uh, Christy Furco, some of the articles, you know, I think there's a, I think there's a large, there should be a large attention and movement to to making sure we use the um, our technology to supplement the process of the human intervention, uh, because I, I think there's a lot of counseling. I think there's a lot of awareness, budgeting that and, and value we can bring in the mortgage industry to different groups to, to make them and help them realize the, uh, the dream of home ownership. Yeah. And thanks, Ash. Ash popped some stats um, in the chat for me that more than 300,000 women left the labor force in September. Mm -hmm. Um, And that job gains for women were less than 12% in the last Mm -hmm. few months. And so, yeah, definitely contributing factors um, to probably what they they found. But yeah, statistically, that just, again, you know, it's a number in the 60s that surprised me this week. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. 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 Uh, Absolutely. 
I mean, there's just a lot of great information coming out of uh, MBA and in, in and in the industry. You know, I, I think you know the other thing that I kind of made note. Um, it kind of dovetails into everything we're seeing with the contraction, margin contraction. We're taking a look at, you know, a shrinking opportunity. Um, all in all, in all, well, we've got a Federal Reserve who's talked about, you know, basically, hey, everything's getting better. Some of our initiatives on uh, mortgage-backed security purchases and, and stuff, we, we feel based on the trend that's going, uh, we can begin to taper that. So, you know, on top of a shrinking rate, a, a refinance capture opportunity, it's, it's expected that we'll probably see uh, some movement upwards of interest rates, still historically very low. But in the October 17th post on uh, the, uh, the MBA forecasts, they do show by the fourth quarter of uh, 2022 that we should expect 30-year fixed rate mortgages to be in the 4% range. Uh, it's a very slow growth, but based on all of uh, all the economic indicators that are moving, it is expected that we'll begin to see that trend start to happen there. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be a little bit uh, competitive as we look at uh, cap- capturing a bigger piece of a smaller pie, and the cost of that fork is going to be just a little more expensive to uh, dig into that pie. Yeah, it's amazing, you know, for those of us that have been in for a long time, it's amazing to think that that 3%, you know, upward to 4% is a barrier, because mm-hmm. that's still like a great rate, you know, in mm-hmm. comparison to be where we've been in the past, but we've been down in this low place for such a long period of time that, um, you know, it'll kind of be interesting to see, to see what happens. But yeah, that definitely is the word on the street that, it's it's coming and people need to kind of be prepared for it. Yeah. I think the sobering fact is I've hired I've hired originators over the last number of years who've never seen interest rates that high and are appalled at it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's like retraining people how to sell in that type of an it's a different environment than what they've experienced as far as mm-hmm. um selling in the mortgage space. So yeah, I can't mm-hmm. believe I'm saying this, but our time is up. Oh, there it is. That is just a fantastic conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, Appreciate your involvement with us today. Um, My pleasure. The last week in mortgage today, we'll be back next week. Same time, same place with Rich at the helm. But Jamie, you're a rock star. Appreciating you sharing all information um, with Mm -hmm. me today and supporting our network how you do. We really appreciate you. Happy to be part of it. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everyone. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.